Welcome to the CoinGam Podcast. I'm your host, Fritz Charles. On this podcast, we attack the crypto asset and blockchain space from all angles, from the underlying technology to the economic impact. Every single episode, we try to look at the blockchain space from a new lens, and this episode was no different. But before we start this episode, I wanted to share a bit about our advisory services. We've built a huge network of blockchain professionals who can help you out with your projects. Whether you want to launch an ICO or you're just looking to do some deeper research, we can put you in the right place. We have advisors, blockchain developers, and legal professionals. If you need help, just visit us at coingamma.com. Now, let's start the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Coin Gamer Podcast, where we demystify cryptocurrency in the blockchain. Today, we have an illustrious guest and a really, really cool project. So we're excited to kind of get into it. Today, we have John Belizaire, the CEO of Saluna. Saluna was founded in 2018 with the mission to power the blockchain economy with clean, low-cost, renewable energy via the world's first vertically integrated blockchain computing company that owns and controls its own renewable energy resources. Prior to being CEO at Saluna, John founded First Best Systems in 2006. As founder and the market-facing CEO, John raised multiple investment rounds for venture firms and strategic investors and led all company operations and grew the company 20% year-over-year, from being a startup to the number one player in the market. First Best was sold about 10 years later to Guidewire, the leader in PNC Enterprise software solutions for over $40 million. Prior to f- co-founding First Best, John was a senior director of BD and strategic planning at BEA Systems in their e-commerce application division, where he grew annual revenue to over $150 million. Wow, John, thank you for being on the podcast. You have quite the background. Please fill us in on anything that I might have missed and let us know how, how did you go from that more traditional technology background and join the blockchain movement. Thanks, Fritz. That was a great introduction. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Um, So I think you covered most of my background. I'm a computer scientist by uh, training, so I've always been in technology. I started my career at Intel. Uh, It's little known, but Intel has probably one of the largest software groups, at least at the time they did, that's focused on helping to drive the personal computer uh, industry. And I joined that group uh, after university, I was what is known as an Intel scholar. So Intel uh, became a, a big part of my educational um, growth and um, brought me out to their uh, operations in the West. And I was involved in a host of different projects focused on helping to drive the personal computer. The Pentium was like the big uh, product that I worked on for many years. Sure. Uh, and then uh, and then uh, I came to BEA. You touched on BEA after selling my first company to BEA, I was, uh, I started uh, being an entrepreneur in, uh, you know, sort of mid nineties when the internet was just taking off and sort of sh- beginning to shape, reshape the world, if you will. Sure. And, um, uh, and I uh, co-founded a company called theory center that was focused on developing component software. Uh, the whole idea was you, you, you build software using Lego blocks of software, if you will. And uh, we ultimately sold that company to uh, BEA for over $100 million and uh, wow. started sort of my 
career as a serial entrepreneur. Uh, how I came to the blockchain space uh, happened about a year ago now. I was uh, coming off of a, a short sabbatical after selling First Best to Guidewire and uh, really looking at new venture opportunities in New York. And uh, I could really never um, get passionate about any one opportunity. Some companies were too small or they were in sort of great emerging markets, but the market was very young. Okay. And um, I was really looking for something that was big and exciting that I can really get my arms around, leverage the experience that I had developed to date, uh, put together a new team. And uh, there were two opportunities were, that were very interesting. One was in the insurance space again. And, uh, and then the other was, was Saluna. It wasn't called Saluna at the time. Uh, one of my longtime uh, friends uh, and uh, investors in my companies, um, uh, his name is Michael Toporek. He's the general partner of Brookstone Partners, the company that spawned Saluna. Okay. He called me one Friday and said, John, you know, you really got to come and look at this project we've been working on. And, uh, you know, I've known you for a long time, so I won't I won't mince words. You know, I, I, I want you to come and uh, look at it because I want you to be the CEO of the company. And I said, wow, that's that's interesting. So what is the company about? You know, and he says, well, sure. it's a combination of renewable energy and and the blockchain. And having known him for some time, I I obviously took the opportunity to come and look at it. Okay. And uh, I've just been, you know, blown away uh, from the very beginning and uh took the opportunity and have turned it from this thesis around, you know, how you can combine a great renewable resource and the future, this future ecosystem and have shaped it into this new company. That's, uh, that's focused on this very exciting project. So that's, that's how I came to it. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Thanks for that background. So I guess in your own words, how would you describe Saluna and in, in, in your vision for it? Well, Saluna in my own words is a, uh, a real opportunity to build the next great infrastructure company. Um, as I said, I've had the opportunity to participate in a host of transformational technology waves. The first was the internet and e-commerce. Uh, the second was uh, InsureTech. InsureTech has become a multi-hundred billion dollar business now. Okay. And um, uh, and now I'm involved in this opportunity that's, that's the blockchain. The blockchain in my opinion, looks very much like the internet. It's uh, it's a new wave of technology. Actually, it's a it's an innovation which is which is a combinatorial innovation, right? It's taking technology that already existed and bringing it together in a new and unique way to transform many aspects of society. Everything from financial services, um, security, the concept of payment platforms. Right. Um, you know, managing the flow of products and information. Uh, and it's so young now that most of the questions that people ask is, you know, how do you think this is going to play out? And, you know, do you think this is real? What is this thing? You know, uh, I remember those types of questions when they were asked in, in the early to late 90s around the Internet. What right, is the Internet right. good for? <laughs> and so um, for me, um, I see the blockchain going through a similar evolutionary path like the internet did, right? It started as an infrastructure uh, capability where you can move data around globally in a, uh, you know, fault tolerant way. And then sure. that, that uh, found its application in the distributed uh, delivery of information through the World Wide Web. 
uh, and then it evolved to being monetizing the World Wide Web into a commerce platform. Uh, and then ultimately it went to Web 2.0 with, you know, social and self-directed content uh, all the way to these very large, um, you know, global platforms that drive communication and commerce in an integrated fashion. And now we're emerging on Web 3.0, which is synonymous with the blockchain, right, where we're moving to a more decentralized, perhaps return to the original promise that Tim Berners-Lee had around the Internet, which was right. to really have it be a decentralized platform where information can flow freely and uh, inexpensively, right, where no one dominated it. And blockchain has that real potential. You have this new stack being built where you have infrastructure again. And this time the infrastructure is not about necessarily moving information around. It's about managing information and managing assets and, um, you know, tokenizing those assets in a form that allows them to move around the world. Right. Uh, and then you have networks again. So the internet became a, the World Wide Web became a new network built on top of the internet, right? So now you have blockchain decentralized ledger platforms, payment platforms, services platforms, and then eventually on the top, you're going to have next generation applications. I think if you look at that stack, the most mature is the infrastructure that's maturing very quickly. And you have some of the largest networks also emerging. I think the application set is still very young. And so we are a company that's going to be on the infrastructure side. I sort of liken us sometimes to the Cisco of the blockchain, right, where okay. we, we're going to be the company moving all of the. Uh, powering all of the processing that's happening on these networks, uh, or maybe we're the Amazon Web Services of the blockchain, where we're providing Node as a service. Uh, but I think the point that we're playing is uh, this new infrastructure, this new wave, really needs a foundational company that's going to power a lot of that, and that's the role we want to play. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I, I think the parallel to AWS and Cisco is very much needed. Um, it's kind of like playing in the background, but being what powers all the innovation and yeah exactly no that's cool and, and thanks for that context around p comparing the current blockchain uh you know the stage at, at where it's at versus when you know you kind of got into um the internet and a lot of people yeah. do say that um you know blockchain where we are right now is kind of mid 90s internet and yeah, so exactly. it was cool yeah. to hear you uh you know uh, agree with that um so i guess what you know, being that you're the infrastructure um, and, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, power being an issue um, in this space due to the computing power needed to mine and things of that sort. Um, right. what, what's what is your what is your solution around that? Thank you. So our goal is really to. Bring more green power to the network. OK, uh, we are starting with an incredible wind resource uh based in southern Morocco in a place called Dakla, Morocco. Okay. And in that region, uh, every year, some of the best athletes descend on that location to practice their kite surfing. Wow. And they do that because the wind is, uh, it's actually uh, better known as the kite surfing capital of the world. Incredible. And the reason they do that is because the wind travels really fast. I mean, we're both uh, in the New York area and the, uh, the wind travels at, maybe eight and a half uh, miles uh, per hour during the windiest parts of the year over there it, it travels at over 22 23 miles an hour consistently wow. and uh, as a result it uh, creates some of the best quality wind 
that can be used to generate power in the world. If you look at an almanac, um, you'll see a lot of really dark red zones around the world where you can generate wind. And um, it, a measure of that quality, if you will, of how much energy electricity you can generate is, um, is known as a capacity factor. Wow. So let's say you have a, a wind turbine on, on, your, on your wind site and on the, on the placard on the turbine, it says this turbine is a 10 megawatt turbine. So if the wind blows uh, consistently, you'll get 10 megawatts out the other side in terms of electricity. Uh, this is 10, <clears throat> 10 megawatts in a day, a week. Uh, what's it's, the time it's 10 megawatts, uh, you know, it's 10 megawatts uh, for whatever time period you, you think. So in okay. one hour, if it blows consistently, you'll get 10 megawatts. Wow. So it's, uh, it's a 10 megawatt capacity. So over that period of time, uh, you can, uh, you know, I think, think about it sort of 10 megawatt hours is, is, is 10 megawatts for one hour. Right. 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 So uh, so a capacity factor measures how much of that capacity you're going to get out of the out of the turbine. And uh, in West Texas, some of the best wind is, is in West Texas. Okay. And the capacity factor there is 38 percent. So that 10 megawatt turbine would produce 3.8 megawatts of electricity. Right. right? Times, you know, an hour multiplied across a, a certain number of years. So you, you can see the amount of energy that gets produced. In our site, we're well over 50%. In fact, um, you know, I don't like to say the exact amount because it's such a proprietary thing, but I'm talking about way over 50%. Wow, and that's incredible. That is a, is a rare thing to find. Uh, some of the 50% capacity factor sites are like on the top of mountains, that sort of thing. So you're really talking about an incredible site that probably will break records. So we're starting with this incredible resource uh, that can generate a lot of wind power, uh, over 900 megawatts of wind power. And we're going to develop at the same location a farm of computing facilities uh, specifically designed to power blockchain applications. Sure. Crypto mining will be the first, you know, we'll, we'll put our compute capability to the Bitcoin network because it's the largest network in my in my sort of stack, if you will, is one of the larger infrastructure platforms. Um, it's seen as a network to, to uh, delivers uh, a store of value as, as its core value proposition. And that store of value needs a, a high amount of security. And and so the bigger the network, the more footprint, the better for that. And we plan to put our compute to that. We also plan to put our compute to a host of emerging blockchain applications or blockchain networks that focus also on providing either infrastructure or compute as a service, if you will. Okay. So we'll compute to that. And then we're also starting to see an emergence of networks that uh, deliver AI and machine learning applications. Uh, I've just been introduced about a few weeks ago uh, to a gentleman that's building a new blockchain platform for, for consolidating the uh, graphics rendering market where they're taking idle blockchain computing cycles and turning it into uh, cycles that can be used to to do graphics rendering. Uh, and so we want to provide a or develop a computing facility that can service all of those markets, okay. really delivering a company that can participate in all the big blockchain networks that are going to be developed and provide that compute to those networks either in a mining capacity or just providing resources that can be leveraged. Um, 
it, and so it. that's that's how we that's how we look to solve the problem if we can have a utility scale you know people ask me all the time well, why don't you just go around and just sort of look for energy and use the different energy and input your compute and i says well I could do that, travel around the world, but that's already being done by most of the mining companies today. They're very nomadic and they're sort of searching for the lowest cost of power. Right. One of the unique things about a wind resource like this is we would be able to develop the um, we would be able to develop the lowest cost of power uh, uh, in the world uh, through wind on this site, and we can deliver that capability through these networks in one location and being that we could de deliver over a gigawatt of power to these computing facilities we're really building a utility scale platform and that's the role we're really trying to play is to build uh, a footprint that puts more green power to the blockchain ecosystem sure sure one thing you you uh you mentioned was compute as a service so is this similar because there's a lot of other platforms that kind of offer like kind of cloud-based mining um, yes. For you know, for a subscription, is that something that you would be looking to do for people that want to get into the mining um, space? Initially, no. We feel that um, I think the business that we're developing is a business that um, both provides compute to the blockchain ecosystem as a not as a, a mining as a service provider, but more as a node as a service provider. So we uh. would join the network and participate in the peer-to-peer -peer network architecture and the network will pay us in their cryptocurrency or pay us in, in whatever form that that network chooses. Uh, and that's how we generate revenue. Uh, my concern about being a mining as a service company is that traditionally, you know, the mining as a service companies where people can buy hash power, those exist. It's a fairly, I call it mature market most of those companies don't do very well because of the, the, the power footprint, if you will. And uh, most of them charge, you know, lots of fees to their <laughs> to their subscribers. And, right. you know, I'm a little concerned about just doubling down on that type of behavior, if you will. I'd rather really look at the larger ecosystem and build a platform that can help the blockchain ecosystem mature and grow. And that's the role that a lot of the, uh, you know, network platform players played as the internet was evolving, and that that's that's how we see ourselves. Awesome, awesome. Um, so you know, Morocco, you kind of broke down um, why that um, section of Morocco and why that location. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of thinking about the you know the athletes, the windsurfers, things of that sort. Yeah. But you also mentioned that there are you know there's strong winds in West Texas and some other places. Do you envision mm -hmm. going somewhere else after um, Morocco, or yes. you want to centralize there? Yeah. So we uh, so we see Morocco really as our flagship location. If we're successful in developing our plan in Morocco, then we have essentially created a new business model for developing renewable energy. And I think the second vision and ethos for Saluna is really to help to increase the amount of renewable power that is in the world. Mm -hmm. And today, only 12% of the of, of our you know renewable resources are you know 12% uh, of the total electricity used by the world comes from renewable power, um, mm -hmm. and that that that's that's including hydro and uh if i'm wrong about that 12 percent 
which I don't think I am, even if I'm wrong, the number is not much bigger than that. Right, <laughs> so, right. So, um, what that means is that there's a problem. Why isn't why is it mostly fossil fuel that's powering the world? And I think it has a lot to do with the business case for developing renewables. In the past, you've had primarily, you know, governments uh, subsidizing the development of renewable power through, uh, you know, a host of subsidies, carbon credits, that sort of thing. Uh, and very lucrative, what's called feed-in tariffs, where you would build a renewable site and the government would guarantee you that they would buy your electricity for a certain amount. Or you could sell the and, carbon credits. Yeah, or you can sell the carbon credits. So those, that's, that's how most of these different um, you know, projects have sort of you know, been monetized. And what you're seeing now is a shift away from that. And by the way, that has a lot to do with the fact that governments are going bankrupt. <laughs> They can't afford to just be, you know, paying you these large fees for renewables. So it's actually putting a lot of pressure on the renewable space. So, so uh, you've seen a, a decline in the amount of wind projects that are being funded, a decline in a lot of renewable projects around the world. Uh, and so there's an opportunity to rethink the business model. What if you could build the renewable project and as you're building it, have its own, you know, power use embedded in the project, right? Uh, using energy terms, its own off-taker, the, the, the entity that's going to buy the power is part of the project, then you don't need to run around getting the government to pay you all these subsidies and so forth until they're ready. And even if they do and they pay it at a market rate, you can blend that with this computing center getting back to or better than the profits that you could produce generating power like that and now you can start doing that all around the world, right? So you don't need, if you don't need a grid, you can start developing renewable power. And then as the grid comes to you and becomes available, you can sell your excess power or structure it so half of your power or 80% of your power is on compute and then 20% is on the grid or vice versa. Right. Now you've got a whole new business model for funding renewables, all kinds of renewables. Because what we're talking about with blockchain computing, you can do it with wind, hydro, uh, geothermal, uh, you know, wind, wind on land, wind <laughs> on the ocean. There's all sorts wow. of ways in which you can start to leverage this model um, to increase the amount of renewable footprint in the world. So, so the answer to your question is yes, we would like to do this elsewhere, and we plan to do so. We plan to look at other opportunities where either the, 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 the power resource exists and it's not being monetized you know, the best possible way, or there's a great resource that hasn't been developed yet. And we come in with this new business model and, and, and build it out. And if that's true, then I think you'll have what effectively happened during the internet phase, right? People forget, but as the internet was developing, you had, um, you know, people like Global Crossing and uh, MCI, a lot of these companies that basically were building these huge infrastructure platforms around the world. Um, they all went bankrupt with, with the dot-com bust. Right, right. I hope that's not our fate, but the, but what happened is they, they built all this infrastructure and then, uh, you know, some of these companies were acquired uh, and suddenly this infrastructure became available for very inexpensive uh, cost and right. it, it drove the entire globalization of the internet and globalization of commerce. That's why, like, you know, China started to really kick off 
And so you have this innovation that drives a tremendous amount of, of uh, future business innovation because the infrastructure is now available for you to do that, right? So you can hire people in India to do programming because now with bandwidth was available between, you know, uh, all of the infrastructure that was built under the ocean to power that. And that was all driven during the internet age. I think you're going to see similar things where suddenly you have all this green power coming online because of the, the potential with blockchain that can now introduce a whole host of new industries and completely change the face of the, of the, of, of the world. And that's what, that's what excites me about Saluna. No, it's incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And yeah, it's funny how the world is, you know, they, they say the world is flat and obviously that is yeah, due to exactly. the connection, you know, to the spread yeah. of the internet. You know, I could I yeah. could just hop on my phone right now and, and video chat with somebody on WhatsApp anywhere in the world. the world for free. Exactly. Which for free. is incredible. Exactly. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's only we only can imagine what kind of um, impact blockchain will have in the future. So it's that's so cool. Um, so, yeah, I guess obviously, obviously you're looking to expand past Morocco eventually. But being that mm-hmm. as your hub, one thing I read yeah, on your website is um the section of morocco that you are based in is is a quote-unquote disputed territory and so yes when i when i hear disputed territory i i think of palestine ukraine right what what exactly the disputed territory in this case and is there is that is that potentially a threat to the project going forward yeah very good question. So, so mo- what most people don't know is disputed ter- the, the term disputed territory or non-self-governing is probably the more apt uh, UN term, which refers to a uh, you know a territory that the UN does not recognize as a, as, a, as its own sovereign country. Okay. And uh, you know many uh, well-known places have been in that category. Some you've named. But most people don't realize that Hawaii was in that category. Uh, the British Virgin Islands was in that category. Puerto Rico was in that category uh, for, for, for many years. Um, and what typically happens is, a, you know, these non-self-governing territories um, enter in this category where larger entities start to cl- take claim to them uh, and begin a negotiation as to who ultimately will um you know, parent, if you will, to, to, to use not the best term, but, right. you know, you know, the, the, you know, what entity will this country become part of? And, um, you know, in this particular case, in this location, uh, you've got the Moroccan government interested in the former Western Sahara, right, because the Spaniards had pulled out and uh, Mauritania was interested in it. And then you have a uh, the, the the Algerian government that has uh, backed the group called Polisario to uh, advocate for the independence of that region. Wow. And um, I can't speak to the state of that. I think there's been, uh, you know, initially uh, aggression around the position and then ultimately they've entered sort of this peaceful process for figuring out what happens to that territory. Uh, and in the meantime, uh, you know, the Moroccans have... Uh, been able to gain administration for a majority of that location. We believe that ultimately the outcome of that process will be peaceful. One of, you know, the, the, the territory will land in one of those locations, if you will. And um, in the meantime, 
we have seen historically the ability to invest in those areas. As long as you're not being extractive, you're not you know, destroying value, if you will, or destroying natural resources in the process of uh, making that investment, it ultimately will benefit um, you know, the, 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 the ultimate destiny of that, of that, 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 that region. Right. So, so the, the, what we've approached, the way we've approached it is obviously since Morocco uh, is administrating that, we've been uh, negotiating with Morocco for the investment process in that country. And uh, we also have looked at it as a investment in a resource to power the infrastructure of that region. Uh, if we were, you know, digging for oil or some other, you know, non-renewable resource, for example, it would be a more complicated position that we're in. Sure. By building a wind farm where uh, we're not depleting a resource, we're actually turning a resource into a valuable thing by investing in infrastructure, we think we're, we're adding a positive footprint to that location. And then on top of that, we have an ethos that, we, that, that drives our business. Number one is transparency. Uh, number two is um, 100% renewable. And, and the third, which is relevant to this location, and that is investing in the local economy. Uh, and so our plan is to uh, make sure that our project benefits the local people as much as possible, both Moroccans and the indigenous uh, people known as, uh, as the uh, Sahrawi of the okay. area to benefit from the project through job creation and uh, we've got a 1% program that will donate a portion of our revenues to them. Uh, so that's how we see the project. We don't see it as a risk uh, to the ultimate viability of the business or what we're doing because we feel that we're, we're, we're doing something that's very additive. Now, we can't control where that lands uh, in terms of the political process, and nor are we involved in it. But we have begun to introduce our project to a host of different parties, and they understand that it's actually – uh, you know, a very positive um, addition relative to other things that have that have been done in that area. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Sorry for the whole background because I think most people aren't fully versed in. No, 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 no. I mean, that's why I asked you. I wanted the background, yeah. and I think our our yeah. listeners could learn a lot from that. Um, so yeah. yeah, it sounds super interesting. It's interesting how you know sometimes there, at least in the in the West, there's like only certain things that happen across the world that kind of have this, that dominate the news cycle. Obviously things yeah. in the Middle East, all that, that yeah, kind of stuff. Right. right? But That's you know, right. That's like right. this is something I just learned about just through your project. Um, another yeah. example of something I didn't know too much about is, you know, there's, you know, Barcelona, right. There's a huge, yeah. you know, dis dispute around people, you know, Spain, you know, a section of Spain, the Catalonians trying to yes. split. Right. Yes, um, split. Yes. right. So, you know, yeah, geopolitics always kind of find their way into, uh, the world somehow or in, into different parts of the world and different sectors so it's interesting yeah. that um yeah yeah i learned a lot but yeah it sounds like you're attacking it from a very pragmatic viewpoint you're giving back and like you said you're not extractive so um exactly. all the yeah. best with that um thank you no problem so yeah i guess you know from the funding standpoint obviously i think you said that you're you're backed by a private equity investor but are you doing an ico or an sto as well yeah uh, yes, we are. So we're going to be doing an STO, not an ICO in the traditional sense, where we're where we would we would create a utility around our platform and then 
um, and then offer that utility to investors. What we're doing is we're doing a classic uh, private placement that's delivering the security uh, uh, as a as a uh, digital asset, a digital security. So we're going to be doing a Reg D based uh, offering in the U.S. and a Reg S based offering outside the U.S. And um, investors will invest in a preferred share. So it's a it's a proper security, if you will. Uh, and the investors will be entitled to a net profit interest. Uh, which is a very classic structure in energy development. Oil and gas uses it a lot, right? So if you're digging for oil, <laughs> and uh, I will, they, they'll either send you the barrels, or the, you know you can turn them into cash, and they'll send your your your, your prorata share of the, the oil that comes out, right, in right. cash or, or oil. Well, we're doing the same thing here, except that um, inside the box. So if you think of our our vertically integrated platform as is you know something that's in a box, right? You have wind in the box and you have the computing facilities in the box. And so that box can generate revenue in three ways. We can generate revenue by selling the power that we generate from the wind farm, right. uh, both to ourselves and to the government. But, but let's, let's think we're selling the power to the government or to another commercial off taker. So that's one source of revenue. We're mining cryptocurrency for our own purposes. Uh, and that uh, asset is then converted to cash. So that's another source of revenue. And then the third source is we're going to do this node as a service thing where we provide our services, our, our compute to these new networks, or we uh, we outright provide comp uh, you know computing as a cloud to AI and machine learning platforms, and we generate revenue that way. So I look at it as crypto, blockchain, and energy sales. Those three energy sources, uh, re revenue sources, then allows us to deliver a percentage of that revenue to investors and investors will enjoy a majority of that for uh into perpetuity basically um got it uh and that's a structure we're putting out there uh and more information folks are interested can go to intoro.com the broker dealer that we're working with to or to our website saluna.io and uh and get more information about the detailed structure uh, so that security that I just talked about, right, which is a preferred share uh, with a variable dividend based on the profit that we generate, right? right. Uh, we deliver that as a security token. So you'll receive an ERC-20 token that represents that underlying preferred security and that will be tradable and have the blockchain transparency with it and all sorts of smart contract-related protections. So we're combining the old world and the new through an SEO. Awesome, awesome. Um, pretty interesting. Um, back to mining a bit, right? So one thing yeah. around mining, obviously, you know, the people talk about the amount of energy that's being consumed and how, you know, it's very wasteful. Obviously, your, your, your project is attacking that um, head on by using clean energy, using wind. Um, so that's pretty interesting. But what are your thoughts around the theory around like Bitmain, right? So Bitmain, mm -hmm. you know, providing the bulk of the computing power around mining um, Bitcoin. Do you think like, do you think the consolidation of mining power under them is really a threat? Do you think it's overblown? Uh, or, or what are your thoughts around that? Yeah. So I, I think that um, I think concentration of mining capacity on the Bitcoin network is, is not great. Um, I think 
that if it's under Bit, Bitmain or someone else, I think it's not good. I think certainly we'll be adding a lot more capacity that will help to balance that. And I think that's a role we would like to play. Sure. Uh, but I think it's important that, uh, you know, pools stay fairly decentralized, right? And the mining infrastructure stays fairly decentralized because I think that the Bitcoin network is, um, you know, if you look at it as a, an experiment, if you will, it is the best experiment thus far of a pure play decentralized network, right? That, that's designed to manage a digital asset that creates the right behavior to protect that asset. Uh, and by the way, uh, this whole concept of the energy being deployed to mine on the Bitcoin network, even though that's a big number, there's this whole perception that it's, that it's a, there's a misconception, if you will, that it's it's a useless activity. It's not a useless activity, actually. The the very nature of the magnitude of the energy that, that you need to deploy is what protects the network. It actually keeps sure. it fairly safe. It has not been, you know, affected in any significant way to date because of the uh, structure of the um, economic incentives created by the network design. And I, I find that to be quite fascinating for a number of reasons. Number one, it does allow one to, um, you know, build large scale infrastructure that can be put to the network, right? So mining is, is quickly becoming an industrial, industrialized process. <clears throat> uh, number two, uh, it actually drives a lot of innovation because you have to constantly compete for uh, the development of the asset and that innovation uh, has actually in, increased or improved the energy efficiency around the mining of cryptocurrency. Right. Believe it or not, uh, the mining of Bitcoin is actually probably one of the most efficient uh, computing data centers in the world. Even though it uses a lot of energy, it actually uses, you know, about a hundredth the amount of energy that that traditional data centers use globally. Um, if you, I think I read a report where traditional data centers use over 133 times that of Bitcoin. Wow, wow. So think about that for a second. Those things are burning a lot of energy. Nobody's talking about that. And hmm. they're not protecting anything per se. They're, they're, they're providing services. And uh, the, the next thing that excites me is if you look at the, innovation that has occurred on the bitcoin side and the blockchain side to date right and that and that young you know transformational uh, ecosystem if the data centers use that the energy drawdown for data centers would drop pretty significantly if they use the concept of like you know uh optimized chip uh, design and you know mm -hmm. green power and all the things that we're talking we've been talking about if you put that to that market, you would solve a much greater problem in the world than what we're solving on the Bitcoin side. Right. Uh, so, so, so there's some interesting perspectives there. Um, I mean, there's this whole talk about moving, you know, AI, which is probably becoming the number one applications, the app, the number one application of data centers, right? It's like AI and machine learning. That's like the new <laughs> future application of, of the internet, right? Uh, and so what's interesting is if you put that on a chip, then you can build blockchain style ecosystems to power those types of data centers. And those 
data centers, the, those, these new types of blockchain related ecosystems will be much more energy efficient than those and actually create the opportunity to drive more renewable energy based data centers. <laughs> so it all kind of comes full circle. Uh, and I've just started sort of preaching this concept because we think that that's, that's what we've stumbled upon with the Saluna business model. No, interesting. Yeah, um, this is this is the type of stuff that does not um, hit the headlines, right? I mean, every, yeah, exactly. Every other yeah. headline uh, is kind of pointing out the the, the uh, energy waste, quote unquote, that's being happening, that's that's right. being caused by you know this crypto blockchain movement. Right. Um, but yeah, and, no, and make no mistake about it, it does use a lot of energy. I'm I'm saying it's for a good reason because it's 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 securing not just every transaction but securing the entire network from the beginning of time right all the way, all the way back to 2008 uh, and hundreds of billions of dollars of, of of value but at the same time if you look at the efficiency of of uh, over time that that efficiency has been improving much faster than the traditional data center network or data center world and that's multiple times the size of that so it raises the question, like, what are we doing there? Right, right. Super interesting. Super interesting. Yeah, we look forward to, um, you know, learning a lot more about that from yeah. from you and your yeah, team. We're going to start talking about it more. Yeah, we're going to start to maybe put it on our podcast. We've drafted a blog about it. And there's some interesting reports that sort of support it, too. Excellent. Excellent. Well, John, you have, you know, you, you really blessed us with a lot of knowledge. Um, we really uh, appreciate learning about your your background, your path to blockchain, as well as the Saluna project. If, if people want to keep in touch and learn more about the project and follow you as well, where should they go? Thanks. They should. Uh, and, and thanks for the time, Fritz. This has been uh, very enjoyable for me. I love talking about what we're doing. It's very exciting. And uh, uh, thank you for, for your questions. Uh, if folks want okay. to find more about us, they should go to saluna.io, uh, our website. They can also find us uh on Twitter, uh, we're uh, at Saluna Power there. On YouTube, we're Saluna Blockchain. Instagram, uh, Saluna Blockchain, I believe. Um, and we have a podcast also on YouTube that we encourage them to uh, uh, enjoy. It's also on Saluna Blockchain's page there. And we're also on iTunes. So lots of things we talk about all the time. We're also on LinkedIn a lot as well. Okay. Uh, so anywhere there's any, any social platform, look for Saluna, Saluna Blockchain, Saluna Power, you'll find us. Awesome. And, uh, uh, you know, say hi. We've got lots, lots, to, lots to catch people up on and, as this, progress, this project progresses. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, we're, uh, we're going to link to all those in the show notes uh, for our users. But uh, Thank well, thanks again, John. This was fun. Thank you. Thank you, Fritz. It's been a pleasure. it's a wrap for this episode of coin gamma podcast we hope you enjoyed it please share it out with members of your network friends family associates and most importantly please leave a review on your podcast listening platform whether it's itunes soundcloud google play spotify you name it that really helps the podcast out it helps us get more exposure and share our content with more people and don't forget we're available to help you out with your blockchain related projects just reach out coingamma.com until next time